Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are live from staples in millville as we have cars driving by uh for underground sports philadelphia episode number 157 kyle bennett dylan mazzola and otb herm making his second appearance on a live show as always show brought to you by main auto llc Dusharms pro foot security 21 uh, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And today we are powered by Staples in Millville and the Red and Gray Gridiron Group. What's popping, fellas? Uh, I could not be more excited to be here. I shop at the Staples all the time, and I think it's pretty awesome that we get to do a podcast here. Yeah, it's always nice to uh, you know change it up and podcast outside. Coming outside, and... Uh, for all you people asking why we're at Staples, it is their uh, back-to-school block party this weekend. Come this weekend, you get 20% off of school supplies, so uh, stock up now before they uh, yeah, go I mean, up in price. Pencils, pens, notebooks, all the essentials. All the essentials. Backpacks. Were you, were you guys always big like binder people? I hate binders. Really? You didn't like the separators? Hated them. Really? Nope. Biggest pet peeve was having to use I binders. I just had like, two folders that I put important things in, and that yep. was it. I think my biggest issue in college is that I, I genuinely survive off of a legal pad. Uh. <laughs> there's no organization to it. It's just a legal pad that I show up to every class See, I was with. very happy when I got to college, obviously being the journalism major I was. Right. I got to use computers for well, yeah, literally I mean, everything, but see, and that changed my life forever. As soon as I open up my laptop, there is no paying attention to another thing that the teacher does the rest of the day. True. And that's that's. I had what. class with Dylan's brother for one of my uh, <laughs> gen eds. Yeah. All we did was just, like, go on our computers. And the, the worst thing was last year I was in an environmental night class during NHL playoffs. Oh. And it was a three-hour class from 7 to 10. Yo. And the Bruins, obviously, were in it, and they're fun to watch. So every single class, laptop open. Mm-hmm. Not a <laughs> care in the world for the environmental whatever law class it Your was. Your brother was playing, like, Pokemon Red. <laughs> on his laptop, Fry Red. It's it was, true. He likes it was Pokemon. great. And we sat next to each other all class. Dude, that class, all I had was three assignments the entire semester. Those are the best classes. It was Those ridiculous. Are the best classes. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about sports. Let's do it. Philadelphia. The biggest announcement it is Saturday. So, you know, we have to bring some sort of Sixer Saturday commentary. And if you missed it on the Twitter.com, you should be following at OTB Herm because he made a nice little video announcement and he's going to announce it to the people on the podcast right now. So Herm, what was your big six or Saturday announcement? Guys, this is the biggest announcement Underground Sports has seen in years, other than having like a lot of famous people on the podcast. <laughs> However, I have my whole life, I've never been much of an NBA guy. You know, I've always loved watching college basketball, loved watching even high school basketball, like for Petty when I went there. But Never could get into the NBA. I think it's because these guys are just so talented, they almost make it look too easy, so it's like hard to watch for me. However, 
my allegiances were kind of with the Celtics. I can't tell a lie. However, I was never really a Celtics uh, fan. So, like, I had probably watched maybe three Celtics games in the last five years. He kind of just grouped himself in because, because I was, uh, he's a Boston sports fan. Yeah, but I won't bring that up because this is a Philadelphia sports podcast. It's to get hurt. It's okay. I mean, come at me. I don't really care. However, I have decided to take in the NBA as a real sports league that I'm going to follow and honestly start watching a lot of games. Therefore, I needed a team, and before the Celtics, I was a Sixers fan, more or less an Allen Iverson fan, an Andre Iguodala fan. It's hard not to like those two guys. Two amazing players, and therefore, with that, I want to get back to those roots. I am now a 76ers fan, full-blown. Cue the music. Cue, cue the song. Five, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, Sixers. Look yeah, up. that one. He's learning, Kyle. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm getting back to my roots, guys, and I think a big part of that was obviously being on this podcast and knowing more about Philadelphia sports, but also I just I think that it's important to have an allegiance in every sports category, and for the NBA, I have decided to really just take it and run with it. So now, Herm, full-time 76ers fan. We love to see it. And you know what? I think that this team fits my personality much better than the Celtics team does, and I absolutely <laughs> love that. And the best part is, is like, Herm was a Celtics fan. The Sixers brought Al Horford over from the Celtics. Yeah. We brought Herm with him. It's Al fair Hermford. To say- <laughs> it's a good one. I think it's fair to say that because Al Horford is here, Herm is here. I think I'll have to get an Al Hermford jersey. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> what number is he? 42. <laughs> Hermford on the back with a 42. And um, really quick, uh, Alex McIntyre, really great name. Uh, thank you for your little shout-out. Herm is literally so cute. I know. <laughs> shout-out to Alex, you. too. She's great down photographer. In, she's down in Wildwood rocking the uh, USP limited run of hats that we got from our awesome yep. sponsors at Ducharms. Protect your scalp. Uh, might not have to uh, get hats that say that with the logo now. <laughs> Um, but that is our only Sixers Saturday real announcement. Other yeah, than uh, there were a couple under-the-radar things that got tweeted out yesterday. Matisse Thibel, I had a mini heart attack because Shams tweeted it out. And when you read anything saying 76ers rookie, uh, you immediately think injury. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't an injury. Thank the Lord. It was uh, He signed his uh, shoe deal with Nike. Oh, I did see that, yes. So Matisse yeah, Thibel is a Nike right. guy now. And uh, the Sixers also brought in... Roy Hibbert, former two-time All-Star center with the Indiana Pacers, not as a player, but he's going to be on the player development coaching staff. So Roy Hibbert, now a member of the 76ers coaching staff. How do you think we're going to match up against the Pelicans this year? I mean, they got Zion now. The Pelicans are going to be like one of those teams that like I just sit down and watch mm-hmm. because they're going to be fun. Right, like, they have Zion. They have former Sixer J.J. Redick, who's not on social media except for JJ. his burner. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they have, they just have a lot of young talent. I think they're going to be really, really good. And, you know, the whole J.J. Redick has never missed the playoffs thing in his career is going to help them, and the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. I mean, they can't miss, right? They can't, they can't ruin It's impossible. Streak. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, but let's break down this Eagles preseason game because there was a lot to uh, digest. digest in it. Or lack, uh, or lack of from the Eagles' perspective. <laughs> uh, some big things that I took away from it. The Eagles have the best Michelle brother. Mark and Michelle, stud. I think he's totally on the 
path to making the team. So far, he's healthier. Total joke. Uh, Sony Michelle is a stud, but you know his it runs in the, in the family. And no, I think he, Mark and Michelle has a real shot to make the team after scoring that seventy-five yard touchdown. He's got speed. He can return punts. Yeah, no, I, he's good. I think he's got a real shot to uh, to do it. Shout out to Calgary Twitter uh, because Mark and Michelle, former but, Calgary yeah. Stampede football player in the CFL. They uh, saw our tweet and we reached Calgary Twitter. So it's, it's always good. To thanks for the love. Um, but Nate Sudfeld, I think, is the biggest headline. Gets injured in this game. My dad, the official unofficial medical staff lead of the podcast, called it. Called it right as he saw it. Nate Sudfeld broke his non-throwing wrist, uh, and he'll be out for a minimum of six weeks, which puts him at about week three of the regular season, where he won't be available. Um, but the other the other two quarterbacks on this roster did not look good uh, on Thursday. Cody Kessler was not impressed. I know that's, that's for your brand. brand. <laughs> that is Dylan's brand to a T. Um, and Clayton Thorson, we will have a whole segment on his badness because I was well, disgusted the, by what I saw. At least one of those quarterbacks you named wasn't drafted. By that's very true. By the team, and at least one of those. But he was drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but that one quarterback also has played NFL games and thrown touchdowns, whereas the other quarterback looks like he won't even make the roster. Yeah, uh, Clayton Thorson is a guy that I don't know what I don't know. I don't see it. He's still a professional athlete. You got to give that to him. No, and it's still very early, so I don't want to be like most people on Twitter and like blow things out of proportion. It's it's right. It was preseason, and it's the first week. Um, although I will be watching him closely because after we see another quarter or two quarters at the, <laughs> you know, the health of our quarterback roster, yeah, he might play a half next next season uh, next uh, game unless they bring somebody else in. I'm not sure if they plan well, on doing that. I think the NFL and the Eagles and the Jaguars just need to come together because the Eagles play the Jaguars next week. Um, they just need to do it for the sanity of the fans and just the fun of the game and give us a quarter. Or just a couple drives of Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. I think that would be excellent. In primetime TV, Thursday night. You know what they should do? In Jacksonville. Just to ensure that nobody gets hurt. They should just turn into a flag football game. Yeah. Like, don't even or put, just put on the pads. Put, put the nah. red jerseys on the quarterbacks. Or, yeah, don't even, even let them get hit. Even better, just literally have Nick Foles on defense, Carson on <laughs> offense, and then have them take turns seeing if Dodge they can... Dodgeball style. They can, no, they just run past each other. You, the, you know flags. what's even better than all of this? Let's just get them up in a room and let them play Madden against each other. <laughs> no injuries possible here. But Nobody, it's maybe pretty, Carpal Tunnel. I, no. think, I think the league owes it to Eagles fans to have those two on the field for at least one drive against each other's team. Like, it needs to happen. As important as it is to honor the Eagles fans it's I don't know if I can see it happen it would just be fun and it would it would boost the ratings for the NFL through the roof yes there is that but there's also the part of my brain that wants to cover Carson Wentz in bubble wrap and I don't want him setting foot in the field that's fair I also don't but with this Sudfeld injury I wouldn't be shocked if they put him out there just to get him well, some at, like live action time since he hasn't played. I put out on Twitter they could definitely bring in a guy or two just for camp arm. I think the most likely person that I would want another guy due to experience. He's not great, but Brock uh, o- Osweiler, Brock yeah. Lobster, Brock Lobster, Brock Lobster. No, I mean you literally could just bring him in, and if he performs Here's, okay enough, he makes the team. And then when Sudfield comes back, you cut him. Here's my my analysis. 
because everybody's obviously talking about Colin Kaepernick too, and I think it would be really awesome for Jeffrey Lurie to be on the right side of history again uh, when it comes to a quarterback who had, you know, a, a media circus around him for multiple reasons. My thing with the whole Colin Kaepernick, I would love it if they brought him in just for a workout, like see what he can do. Yeah, My like thing is, Tebow a couple years ago, he hasn't played in four years. Right. So that's going to take away from the football aspect of things where is he going to be able to get into football shape? That's my only concern. Is it possible? Absolutely. But he hasn't played in four years and seen live hitting. So if you throw him out there in the preseason and he's not ready, that's going to potentially harm him just lifestyle wise mm-hmm. because he hasn't been you know physically prepared to play in an NFL game in four years. My as much as I hate this, and it's totally not on brand for me, you if you're going to bring in a backup don't quarterback... Don't you dare say what I think you're... No, Kyle, stop. He's you, gonna, you have he's to gonna, bring in Sam Bradford. Oh, no. I knew he was going to say it. No, that's you, just a bad idea. You have, here's, here's my reasoning. Even, okay, Kyle, wait, wait, wait. Before you make this reasoning, I don't even support that. Here's my reasoning for Sam Bradford. One... He knows the offense. He was here when Doug Peterson was here, so he's been in the system before. Two, our offensive line is a million times better than it was when Sam Bradford was originally here. Three, you're paying him the vet minimum, and he's going to be your backup. He's made of glass. Why don't we just bring in Napoleon Dynamite next? Like actual he's in Napoleon. Jacksonville. No, no, actual Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, John, what's, what's the actor's name? John, uh, John something? Krasinski? No. 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 I don't know. But... It looks like a That's my reasoning is yeah. because he knows the offense. So if you need him to just get through the preseason, because what I saw from Cody Kessler and from uh, Clayton Thorson was uh, dog poopy, bring in – what's the worst? You just cut him after the preseason. He I doesn't will, have yeah. to make your roster because – I will say, though, I, I, you know, thinking about what you're saying, I'm kind of more inclined. It, it does make more sense. I'm Sudfeld's going to be out for three I'm weeks. I'm still not on the train. Sudfeld's going to be out for three weeks. At the you know minimum, you're not you know knock on wood gonna need your backup quarterback oh, the first course, three weeks of, of the season. Unless we're like winning like forty eight right. to zero, and, and then I'd be fine if you had to throw Cody Kessler or Sam Bradford out there because Clayton Thorson does not look ready to play in the so NFL. This the, I was trying to get to this point. So I think they should keep playing him to showcase that he sucks, and then just put him on the practice squad because yes, no one's that's gonna my, take him. The only person I could see taking a flyer on him is Joe Douglas with the Jets to bring him in as a backup or something like that that because he was in the draft room when we drafted Clayton Thorson, and he's a fifth-round pick, so you're not just going to cut him. No. I think their ultimate goal would be wave him, hope he passes through waivers, and then put him on your practice squad. And if he gets claimed, oh, well, you you, you, you bite the loss. Right. Like, he just does not look good. And it makes it even worse because – the quarterback that I wanted us to draft that went one pick ahead of us, Easton Stick, is out there with the Chargers. Yeah. Played on Thursday night, and man, he looks good. And the uh, guy who also went... And he's late. got an incredible name. Yeah. The guy Easton Stick. One. He's a hockey yeah. stick the playing guy, football. The, he's a stick. Backup went to his team. Looked good, too. The Patriots dude, uh, Stidham. Ooh. Yeah, he looked pretty good, He had good like 170 too. yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, our guy couldn't even throw a pass. I mean, Clayton Thorson had a quarterback rating of zero point zero on Thursday night. I heard that is that is like impossible to do. You you have to try to do that. He can only get better from here, right? He had Danell Pumphrey, who I can't stand either, out in the flat, ready to catch a pass, and he threw it at his feet. Yeah, I heard that the um, 
the, the new way to pass in the NFL is actually towards the feet. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a new technique that they're working He's on. Gotta kick it up. Strictly in huh. the Eagles organization. Yeah. Well, McNabb was ahead of his time. <laughs> oh, my God. It was terrible. Um, but overall, you know, I saw flashes before he got hurt from Nate Sudfeld that I was impressed by. Uh, Mark and Michelle is Ooh. making this roster for me. And another guy I was impressed by on the defensive side of things was Deshaun Hall. Hall. That's that. That's the defensive the, end. Okay. That mm-hmm. was like just getting in the backfield. I don't know if he recorded any sacks, but he he had multiple pressures. He looked good. He looked very good. We have two halls in the team, right? Yeah. There's the a DeAndre the Bears, Hall, and then we have okay. But Deshaun Hall, the defensive end, he's making this team. Like he For looks sure. freaking good, and I don't know if it was because. He's playing against lesser competition because when he got in and was getting all those pressures, he was playing against second and third stringers. Right. Where Josh Sweat was playing against a lot of the first team guys. I didn't think Josh Sweat looked that Josh bad. Josh Sweat didn't look bad at all. I just think he didn't get a lot of, you know, in your face pressure that we're kind of expecting from yeah. him with the talent that he was coming out of the draft. But I mean, if if those are your two kind of depth guys on the defensive end and they play like that throughout the season, along with Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry. Eagles, I think, are in okay shape at defensive end, and they don't have to go out and make one of those major moves everybody calling for them to yeah. trade for Jadavion Clowney and all this stuff. That's not going to happen. Dallas Goddard looked amazing. I mean, he's incredible. Hall's going to have to still prove himself Absolutely. For three more weeks. There, There's no – I can't judge him yet. He yeah. did look good, but uh, there's still a lot of pressure that he's going to have to face. Yeah. But I think he made his mark to say, okay, like he, he has a chance – now to be on this roster. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy because it happens every year with every team. And like Hall and uh, Michelle are the two guys this year mm-hmm. that we've all fallen in love with already. And we're all Alex ro- Singleton looked amazing on special teams. The linebacker all, from the uh, the CFL, he looked great. And we're all rooting for these guys, especially him, to make it. You know. And then uh, the other uh, standout that I saw was uh, our backup corners are not good. Oh, that and our depth receivers were not able to get open yeah. at all. So, like, I was going to bring up the point, yes. Carlton Agadosi looked terrible. Yes, Kessler looked bad, but to be honest, I rewatched the film, and only on several plays were the receivers actually open. Yeah. A majority of them, he literally, like, it showed in the game. He had to scramble out of the pocket every time. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that. Granted, it's preseason, and these guys, half of them only make the roster, or half of them will make practice squad, because you already have a loaded, you know, receiving core with... Alshon Jeffrey, Jason Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, um, the guy we just drafted, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, dude, he's uh, going to be a stud. I'm mm-hmm. saying, so right there, it's already He stud. was getting separation. His speed is a lot better than I was expecting coming out of the gate. And if you walk out on the field with your, your arms double taped, you better be good. And <laughs> he looked damn good. Although there is an opening for a couple young guys to make it because Matt Collins can seemingly not stay healthy. And it's, it's, it's well, the thing with Matt Collins, I was impressed because during warm-ups there were videos from guys like Brandon Lee Gallon and our boy John Barchard. He was making one-handed catches in the corner really? of the end zone. I was impressed. But Matt Collins, the funny thing, he doesn't dress like he wants to be a star. Like he goes out there just kind of like, Blah, where our Sega Whiteside's like wearing, you know, strapped up on his elbows with tape. He's out there with the gloves. Mac Hollins is just like, yeah, I'm here. Do we know how long his he's number, out there, though? His it's, number is terrible. You're a wide receiver. Please don't ever wear the number 16. It's that blue collar attitude, man. He just wants to get out there and play. I love it. And shout out to Scott Graham, the uh, Eagles preseason play by play guy, pronouncing JJ's name correctly 
all night long because a lot of people don't realize the C is pronounced like a TH and you're supposed to roll the R because his dad's from Spain and it's pronounced Arthega Whiteside, not Arsega. Arthega Whiteside. Um, so you got to kind of say it with a lisp, but it works and Scott Graham... It's not Graham, a lisp, it's just another way of pronouncing is. a word. But it's <laughs> that's how you kind of explain it. To, it you got to pronounce the, the C like a lisp. So speaking It's of, progressive. It yeah. is. Matt Collins, is there a timetable on his return? I think he's going to be fine. Like, he so should be. He's our wide receiver five, then. I hope so. That that's what that's how I yeah. look at it. You know, who's you, making that six spot? <laughs> Mark and Michelle, yeah. in my book right now, he's the one that has the versatility. I think he's better than Shelton Gibson. So your wide receiver core should be Alshon, JJ, Deshaun, Nelson Aguilar, um, Mark and Michelle, and Matt, Matt Collins. Collins. Like that should be your six. Shelton Gibson, bye. Uh, I think there's a, still a chance for a guy like Greg Ward. Or somebody like that to make it, but right he, now it's he, Mark and Michelle. He didn't impress me compared to where Michelle yeah, played. Yeah, Greg Ward last. couldn't get separation. Charles Johnson no, couldn't he's get one separation. Of the guy that talked about where Kessler I was watching Kessler play and, and Nate and. And it's a shame there. because Charles Johnson is a savvy NFL veteran. Like he's yeah. been in this league for years. He's thirty years old. Played multiple years with the Vikings. Like should be able to make a name for himself on this roster, but. Hey, I mean, if somebody is, is stepping up, then they're going to get your spot. But it's a great problem to have when you're contemplating and debating who's going to make your fifth and sixth receiver, not who's making your three and your yes. four. So that's good. And same thing with tight ends. Like, we already know who we have. And with running backs, we kind of know what's going to be on the roster, but not really. Like, mm-hmm. obviously know Miles Sanders is not being cut. We obviously know Jordan Howard's not being cut. You just traded for him. He's awesome. He looked good. Darren Sproles is not getting cut. Darren Sproles is guaranteed, like, just his legacy alone. So, Well, also, you're not going to sign Darren Sproles and then cut him. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's beneficial for the I don't think Corey Clement's going anywhere. Punt return. So that that, that was my next next point. Like, who do you see getting that last running back I honestly think there's a chance that they carry five running backs because I think Darren Sproles is more or less going to be your punt return return specialist. Occasionally get in. And I saw something, too, from Zach Berman from The Athletic. Uh, Shout out to Zach for his new position there. But um, there's there's thoughts and rumors that the Eagles could field a punt return unit of Deshaun Jackson and Darren Sproles together, which me and Matt talked about right when Darren Sproles got re-signed on this show. We said that's a possibility to just throw them out there and really confuse a punter, a punter, especially the New York Giants at the Meadowlands, just confuse them completely. Oof. Um, but, I mean, we, we said that that's a possibility, and yeah, if no. that happens, I would be deathly afraid as a special teams coordinator. So, carry five running backs, then you would assume that Corey and Smallwood? Smallwood would probably be the other one with the inside track. Josh Adams, goodbye. Maybe put on the practice squad, and if you guys play go well. Josh Adams ruined his chances of making this team in game one. With the fumble? Fumbled, couldn't create space running the ball. He was just bad. Um, Danelle Pumphrey is bad. Oh, well, they just brought him back. Boston Scott, I think, is your practice squad running back. Yeah. That's how it has to go. If you, if you can play, you're making – but those those guys can't play. Dude, I'm I'm just excited for Jordan – a full season of Jordan Howard. It's going to be fun with him and Miles Sanders in the backfield together as a one-two punch is going to be disgusting. Jordan Howard is one of those running backs that doesn't get enough love. Like, the man mm-hmm. has 3,300 yards in three seasons. He's that's nasty. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the the statistics there would agree with that. Checks out. Thanks. Eagles made a trade last night too. Um, 
They acquired defensive end Eli Harold from Buffalo in exchange for tackle Ryan Bates. Eli Harold last season, five sacks. Uh, so you just bolstered your defensive end and unit there, too. And the guy they traded was from Penn State, right, undrafted? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Howie's even winning trades in the margins, which, you know, we've said the two best GMs in the NFL are Howie Roseman and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Those are the two that are ahead of the curve yeah. every step of the way. A little future uh, Super Bowl matchup there? I honestly would not be shocked if yeah. that's the Super Bowl matchup. Rematch. I mean, just... I think it's either going to be that or the Chargers finally get over the hump because okay. they're they're loaded everywhere, but that hinges on Melvin Gordon playing. So, based upon your guys' predictions for the Super Bowl matchup, my uh, recent bet in Atlantic City would not do well <laughs> for my AFC team. Did you take the Vikings? Did you take the Browns? No, I, it's, I think it's reasonable. You guys won't make fun of me that much. I bet on the Texans. That's Ooh. not that bad. Win the Super Bowl because their odds... I mean, the odds are probably really nice, right? No, they were great. I bet $20, and if uh-huh. I win, I get like 800 Eh, you could have done better. But what I, were the Browns' odds? Too high, because everybody's yeah. betting on the Browns. Yeah. That's why I bet in the Texans. that They were one of the only teams with good enough odds that actually has a legit shot. No, I can see it. DeAndre team. Hopkins could go off and just have a gajillion yeah. yards DeAndre this Hopkins, year. I mean, the man with the open invitation to come on the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. Of course. Deshaun and then uh, Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's probably he was, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. He was at that 2017 draft when Dylan and I were there. Uh-huh. I, was, I escaped my night class to go to the draft. Right. Um... And I told Dylan that night, I was like, uh, Deshaun Watson is the most talented quarterback in this draft. And he didn't go until as the third quarterback drafted. That's when the Bears traded up to grab a... They traded up one spot to get Trubisky. And I forget who the other quarterback in that draft was, but there were two... Oh, yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Um, But I love Deshaun Watson. And didn't Rosen go in that draft, too? No, year before. Year before, okay. Yeah, I'm going to pull that draft up, actually. No, but. dude, Deshaun Watson, he can change any game strictly based on his athleticism. I mean, He's he that, makes yeah, so good. many plays happen Full because package. he is the guy that he is. Like, he could go into any system and make their team yeah, work. he's and a full package. That's what the, you need. The worst part about him is he's he's in Houston, and their offensive line has been garbage since that team became a team. Right. It's true. But, yeah, like. Herm's right. He's he's the guy where you want him to be a pocket passer, he can do that. You want him to throw in the run, he can do that. You want him to be mobile, he can do that. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, obviously. So Tom Brady can't do half that. You mm-hmm. put him in the pocket and you leave him there. Yeah. Protect the guy. Bingo. You're, you're like Tom. Do not. Tom, leave. don't move. <laughs> don't you are not athletic. Move. So I mean, for a team to have a guy like Deshaun Watson, and he's honestly the future of what quarterbacks are going to look like, in my opinion. So you got to be mobile. You have you're, to be able to move. You're already seeing it, though. Honestly, right. Like, and even you see it with Carson Wentz too. You saw him in 2017 when he's he's your you know prototype for a pocket quarterback, but the boy can move. He can move. Yeah, exactly. And yes. Nick Foles can you're move. You have to be able to move. I mean, the way that the game's he can. moving. Sneaky. You're basically going to be a running back quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the It's way basically high school football Kyler at the Murray, professional level. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, the RPO is what is working right now in the NFL. Right, and it's moving in that direction. Even uh, Mitch Trubisky of the Bears runs around a lot. <laughs> medium. Yeah, medium. All I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he still moves. He oh, he moves. Yeah, yeah, moves. yeah. But it's mobile. like it's he's not moving like Deshaun. Right. No, no. I'm not saying uh, like speed or skill is in comparison. I'm just saying st- the style of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Got is some com- tunes going on over here. I Please pro- don't I copyright pro- us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just proving the point that he's a newer quarterback and he's fits. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Fits, yeah. I can get style. with that. He fits the narrative of guys. I mean, Kyler run. Murray. Let's see what he's going to be able to pull out. He's 
quick, but he's small. He's tiny. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do very well in the NFL. Not everybody's Russell Wilson. Right. And I think that Baker Mayfield has the potential to be like a Watson. I love Baker. Like a, like a you know, I can do both as well. I can, right. I can run around. I also, Baker I also sling. has like the strongest arm in like NFL. Yeah. So there's a lot of young quarterbacks in this league that are going to be fun to watch this year, but I'm glad Carson's like not being pressured into playing in the preseason. He's too. not. And I will say, he's actually starting to get a lot of love. Like, I've been doing fantasy research. You know, it's that time of year. We're all getting ready, if not, have, you know, drafted. And uh, most websites actually have him in top 10 for quarterbacks. I mean, really? watching I videos agree. of him in training camp and just practice throwing to Deshaun Jackson gives me hard eyes. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm just like, please give me more. Like, the connection that those two have already built and they've only been practicing together since you know may during otas is unbelievable it's awesome and the weapons that they have just surrounded carson wentz with is top notch i can't wait that's uh i was actually you know bring that up because there's not a lot a lot of eagles news it's still early so like i think the only players that you should trust fantasy wise because there's so many players in the eagles is probably zach Ertz and carson wentz like in terms of valuing that through ADP, like yes, I think Alshon and Deshaun Jackson and Dallas Goddard all have fantasy value, but in terms of like you know you're gonna get your money, yeah, I would go with Zacherts and. I'd say uh, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders too. That's true. Jordan Howard's like projected late mid rounds, but um, yeah. To be honest, I'm just going with Zacherts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz in my mind is still a liability, and that's that, fair. That's what that's where how I kind of base my roster off of every year. I can't. Can't have guys getting hurt in midseason. Now we are in the preseason, though. You safe bets. I have to ask you guys, what are your thoughts on chopping the preseason in half? I'm, I'm with it. I was a, I was very for that, yeah. I'm I think about it. Even if you cut it to three games. I think that also kind of stems from my CTE movement. Fair. <laughs> As in, yeah. we, it might help cause many less brain injuries in the NFL. However, I mean, the tough thing about that is that fans want to get out to games yeah and a lot of fans don't want to pay three hundred dollars for a ticket to a regular season game and if you can go to a preseason game spend 25 bucks and bring the family it's what you're gonna do and you know the eagles are all for it and it's gonna bring them quality football honestly i mean i just watching once it gets past halftime though in every preseason game especially game four yeah it is brutal to watch and this game on thursday was brutal to watch after halftime because one the eagles weren't doing much and nate sudfeld got hurt way earlier in the Mm -hmm. game so it kind of accelerated you know the lack of talent that they have at the backup quarterback position but if you can cut the preseason down to three games maybe two i would be much more for that and I'm not an advocate for adding regular season games because I think mm-hmm. the 16-game schedule is perfect for the NFL. But the the quality of play in the preseason right now is just – because and, and it stems from coaches being too paranoid about People getting hurt. other teams and even other teams picking up tendencies oh, or it, yeah. plays or something like that. So they're just running – boring vanilla plays out there and it's it's not that entertaining to watch yeah i definitely agree like i feel like after a game and a half as a coach you pretty much know what your roster is going to look like Mm -hmm. the guys like michelle and award and like running back situations like we have that's probably a little harder and that takes time for as a coach to decide who's getting that last spot but who's making up the bulk of your roster like 80 percent? i'm sure they know honestly even before the season starts Mm -hmm. yeah 
I can get with that. So why not have two or three games? Because by, you know, first quarter of the second game, Dougie and uh, Howie probably know like 48 of the guys in their 53-man yeah, roster. exactly. And it's kind of just getting those margins. Yeah. Type of guys that are going to make you that much more elite at the depth on your roster to make those Super Bowl pushes. I mean, it is essentially a two-game preseason, though, right yeah. now, because they only play in two of the games yeah. like the Stars. It's typically so. the second game they play, like, a, a drive or two, and then right. the third game you want to see them play at least a quarter, quarter maybe a half, depending on the position and who right. the player is. But, but I don't Game know. four, you're ready to wrap things up. And game get, four get on is the road, just baby. so brutal to watch yeah, because I mean, it's all depth, guys. Yep. But, like... I definitely wanted to be shortened because, like, if you're a superstar, like, if you're DeAndre Hopkins or, like, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz or a Tom Brady or, you know, Larry Fitzgerald or David Johnson, especially Larry Fitzgerald, these old play, play forever, you don't need to show, like, you've shown what you right. have. There's like, less tailgates, though, man. There were so many players on the Eagles roster alone that were just in street clothes on Thursday that yeah, it was, like, it, it was, like, you, you go out there and you want to see some, like, the Titans even put out Marcus Mariota they put out their starters for mm-hmm. you know a drive or two and like I'd be fine with that yeah for every game like it's except for the fourth game but like give your fans something to watch a little bit like obviously I'm I'm fine with not playing Carson Wentz but like throw Zach Ertz out there for you know a drive or something yeah. like that or Malcolm Jenkins or something like that just for the the fan aspect of things and you're running vanilla stuff so more than likely you're not going to have a Nate Sudfeld Injury, injury occur yeah. um but i get both sides of it and i just preseason is just boring to or maybe me. do it like yeah some, like some teams have done in the past like maybe practice like against other teams yeah and do which less, we're doing this year against yeah, the ravens and do less preseason games you know like, yeah have like, scrimmages yeah like in lieu of, like if you take out two of them like maybe have like two practices against other teams mm-hmm. and then if coaches are so paranoid pick a team that's in the AFL compared to the NFL so they're not like in the in division or they're not yeah, in the AFC not, not, or the yeah, NFC yeah AFC as I meant so they're not going to you know copy <laughs> AFL yeah, arena bowl get the soul out here no, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I meant but like it, it would like... be a good idea for them to get live practice not right. practice against their own teammates and have bad tendencies and they can practice against other players mm-hmm. and purposely do it later in this preseason so they're playing against guys who should make a roster right. or make a practice. And that's what the well. Eagles are doing this year. They're practicing against the Ravens. They're doing the joint practice, which is week three of the preseason. Yeah, by so. that time, guys are already have been Exactly. Caught. Those are important, but, I mean, the thing about preseason and the two games that you get, there is no simulating going no, out there week one. Not there, at all. No lineman is going to hit as hard. No one's going to be working as hard. So, I mean, you need to get... You need to get some real reps mm-hmm. in the preseason, and that is the—that's what I'm stressed. Like that's the only thing I would be stressed about mm-hmm. cutting it down, maybe. But I mean, these guys are professionals. Yeah, they know what they're getting. Exactly. Yeah, and like I made the point, any guy who's a vet, like after a certain amount of time, you got to think they're just ready. You know what I mean? Like they—they've played for so yeah. many. I mean, Larry for so many years. Said, like Larry Fitzgerald. He knows Tom how to Brady, catch a football. Like, at this yeah, point. these dudes know Drew the Brees. league inside and freaking out. <laughs> for yeah. Before we move on, though, to the Phillies, because we have some exciting Philly stuff to talk about. We are live from Staples in Millville for their back-to-school block party. Uh, They have a block party raffle this weekend, so uh, you can enter for a chance to win a free billboard water-resistant Bluetooth speaker. Um, All you have to do is fill out the entry card here at Staples, and they have 20% off school supplies all weekend. 
Uh, there are restrictions that apply, so come to the store, find out what is on sale, and get your school supplies uh, while they are on that 20% off discount. But last night, guys, the Phillies finally looked good, and Bryce Harper shut up the critics once again. Two ding-dongs. Two. One of them still hasn't landed, actually. (laughs) One of them's floating. It's floating. Traveling around the universe currently. Um, Phillies win 9-6. Big win against the Giants. Uh, The best part of it, though, was that second Bryce Harper home run. Phillies down uh, 6-5. Two men on. You got Giants fans chanting overrated at Bryce Harper. Very next swing, he puts that thing into orbit points at the guy who's calling him overrated and the Phillies take an 8-6 lead and they go on to win 9-6 that's the type of swagger and like energy that this team needs and Bryce Harper is the one guy on this team that can inject that into this team right now do you think that the Giants fans are upset because they actually thought that they were going to get Bryce Harper? 100%. 100%. They are just salty that he didn't sign with the Giants. Who who in their right mind in the MLB is like, oh, dude, I got to go play in San Francisco? Yeah, they are an aging Maybe a couple, old a team. Years ago, you want to play wouldn't. with Pablo Sandoval? <laughs> this dude can't even, like, he rolls to the stadium, I think. I don't even think he walks. I mean, people a couple years ago would have said that, but not now. Yeah, definitely well, not maybe. now. When, I mean, when they were relevant, when they went on right. the World, they were Se- relevant. World Series they, playoff tear. Right, it happened, but Back now when they had it's Blackbeard, like... The I, try to, I try to forget that moment in uh, right. baseball history from my mind. But, but now in my mind, the Giants are just as old. It's basically... They're a, old. It's like a nursing home They're yeah, in their it's like the clubhouse. LA poor, Kings. Poor Kevin Pillar. <laughs> I mean, okay, granted, they got Carl Yastrzemski's grandson... Talented kid. Very good. Very good. Only played like 1,782 minor league baseball games before getting called up to the majors. But, I mean, he's going to be the probably face of their organization in the next two years. He's very good. They Um, have that one pitcher who's related to a major league. Yeah, it's Pudge's son. Yeah. Yeah, Pudge's son. He's Derek Rodriguez. He's pretty good, too. Um, That's about it. I mean, they all come up through my uh, Squirrels organization. (laughs) True. I mean, I got to see all these guys for the last few years, but... um, no, yeah. I mean, there's talent coming up. I'm ready for them to bring up Ryan Howard, not Ryan Howard. Not legend Ryan but, Howard. But Ryan Howard, the shortstop. I mean, I think he's ready to make his move. They've got a lot of talent. They have a Jonah Arenado, Nolan Arenado's yeah. brother on the up and up. So, I mean, the Giants do have some big young players that they could bring up at any given moment. But, but no Bryce but right Harper. now, no Bryce Harper. The Phillies need to take advantage of what is on that Giants roster oh, exactly. and win the next two games against this team so that there's some sort of surge, especially after the Eagles lost this preseason game. If the Eagles would have won, the Phillies would have been out of a lot of a lot more people's minds yeah. than they are right now. But the Eagles come out flat, they lose. So the Phillies still have some some juice to them, and people just want to see this team succeed. But they need to string together like an eight out of ten win streak or something like that to separate themselves from the likes of the Mets and these lower-end wild-card teams if they want to have a shot at even making the playoffs. It's going to be hard, man. Like, our whole division outside of the Marlins, obviously. Yeah, uh, are in the playoff hunt. Have, yeah, in the, and you mentioned the Mets. They're red hot. Yeah, they are they've won 13 of 14. Last night they won on that walk-off. Yeah. The, electric, the electricity in City Field, I had buddies there posting snap stories. Unreal. Absolutely electric, and that's what I like. I'm and it, it's sad to say that I'm envious of the Mets right now. Energy, you're you're envious of the energy. You're, yeah, like you wish you wish the Phillies have not won 
five games in a row all season. Their longest winning streak of the season is four games. Right. That was With this talent and this team, that's pathetic. It is, completely. Yeah, they're definitely underperforming in certain aspects, and it, it sucks. And it just sucks that teams like the Mets and the Nationals have – you know, come back to be playoff relevant as well because for a while both those the teams Mets were a laughing stock. That's so were the Nationals. Saying. The Nationals were ten too. games under five hundred at one point this season and in fourth place. And now they have like sixty-one wins. Yeah. Yeah. However, I think Dylan said it best. I think the uh, Wade Miley, or what's his name? Not Wade Miley. What am I saying? For Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley. Yeah. The Drew Smiley experiment. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and cut that off. I was like Wade Smiley. <laughs> He's the, good. Wade, Wade Miley. The, wrong guy. The sad thing with the whole Drew Smiley, you can't cut it off because there's no depth right. at starting pitching for this team right now, and that's what you've kind of put yourself in by not making a move at the deadline, other than Jason freaking Vargas. No, oh, trust me, I get that. I it's Aaron Nola and a bunch of guys. You know, yep. you don't know what you're going to get from Jake Arrieta night in and night out because of the bone spur thing. Oh, those yeah. bone spurs. What did I text you yesterday? Like, the mere presence of like, Drew Smiley on the roster yeah, Drew is a Smiley, constant reminder of how bad Jason Vargas, and, like, Vince Velasquez has been good his last two starts, but we've seen him do this before and then totally revert to <laughs> we've been down being this bad. Road. We've been down Jason this Vargas the other night reminded me of, like, the kid that you call up, just, like, let him try to pitch yeah. in the MLB. And it goes completely the wrong way. Like it's he just looked so awful, bad. dude. He was so bad the well, other night. People were defending that move, and like, like Vargas is a guy who's you know flirted in the like the four ERAs his whole entire career. Like he's a back. And he's a star- fringe starter. He's a back. He's a five. He's thirty six years old. Yeah, a couple years. He's ago. awful. But not, like at this point, I'd rather have Bartolo point. Colon out there. Yeah, and then like even like I can get with that. <laughs> obviously the Smiley experiment had better results at first, and he is younger and has had more promise in his career but he's still 30 and he's been battling injuries and he's a guy that coming from texas this year had an above eight era yeah and two games back to back with five runs doesn't help era doesn't matter it doesn't but it <laughs> but like to see that like <laughs> that that pitcher. should be a, a warning <laughs> sign that like he's not pitching well well i mean actually it fits our bill right the fill you know era over four <laughs> sign you up and I mean, the Phillies just need to realize that they need to attack starting pitching through free agency this offseason and through trade. Yeah, they they better I better see reports not saying I'm I not, need a two hundred million dollar Garrett Cole contract. Yeah, and like then, do whatever it takes. I'm not saying I want That's him. a little bit pricey. I'd rather have get I'd rather have Garrett Cole, but I wanna see at least the uh, article Phillies linked to Madison Bumgarner as well. Just because I want them to be doing their research and actually signing pitchers who are gonna That or go and trade for Robbie Ray or go and trade for somebody sign Cole Hamels. Yeah. Like I'd be totally fine bringing Cole Hamels in your rotation being Nola, Garrett Cole, Cole Hamels, uh Jason Vargas is going to be here next year, so he's probably going to be your number five. And Jake Wait, Arrieta. he signed next year too. Yeah, he has. He signed for eight million next year. There's a two million that. dollar buyout, so if you're going to pay him, just pay him. I would just give him the old Jacoby Ellsbury treatment and pay him to not come to the ballpark. That would be nice. Um, so, oh man, I didn't know that. I'm kind of bummed. But now. I mean, him as your number five, or Vince Velasquez as your number five. Like, I think Vinny should stay in the pen. Either one of those. But, I mean, you have to have a formidable top three, and that's what will be Nola, Garrett Cole, and trade for Robbie Ray or sign. I'd even be fine signing Zach Wheeler. Okay, but what yeah. about what if Robbie Ray comes and sucks because he's just having a career year right now? Well, How I mean, are you going to feel about when you hand him? He's been ago. on the up and up the last, like, three years. All I'm saying is he's an every-other-year kind of guy. Yeah, and but his strikeout, his strikeout ratio is still better than any of our pitches. Yeah. 
That's true. And that's what the Phillies lack, too, is guys who strike guys out. Yeah. Like, their minor league system is filled with guys who are finesse pitchers that strike out, like, five per nine. In today's MLB, you need guys who strike out, like, 12 per nine. I mean, are you are you going to miss Sixto, then? I uh, miss him you, already. Are you, are you regretting Sixto the is deal? my baby. I'm right. not regretting it because I love JT. Right. But... If they extend JT, it's not. I'm yeah. not regretting it. If, and if he walks, they yeah, need to be able to get Spencer Howard up here sometime like next year. Like, I understand keeping him in Double A right now, and he's pitching his mind off. Like, I, I'm already in love with the kid, but he's got to be in this rotation at some point next year because eventually, him and Aaron Nola are going to be your one-two punch, and then you have Garrett Cole here, hopefully, to go one-two-three. But he's your only real pitching prospect of any value and you have Adonis Medina too but he's kind of the guy that you either want to end up trading for a, a solidified starter or you bring him up and see what he has but yeah, they need to learn how to develop pitching from the ground up and that's the biggest problem with this organization right now I mean the beauty of all this is that Nola did take a very Phillies team friendly, friendly contract, team friendly contract which gives you the ability to go get a guy like a Cole exactly. next year and, and Garrett I mean, Cole together Garrett Cole together I mean Both. whatever you 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 obviously want both odds of getting both right now or I mean, I mean they have the money to spend that's the nice thing too is like sure they they signed Bryce Harper to the big contract but the way it's broken down it's only right, 25 it's million a year rather than 35 right. I think it depends honestly like if they can somehow get into the wild card spot and hold it and make the playoffs that makes all the difference for a guy like Garrett Cole because they they are one of the few teams who can Offer the money he wants, and if they make the playoffs, even if they get bounced in the wild card, at least he sees from a you know the vision that he sees like oh they're on the up. They and made up. it. I'm good. You know I'm gonna get my money. I can help them. If we miss it terribly, then he might say I can get paid there, but will I win there? See, but this is where the whole not doing anything at the trade deadline comes into exactly. play because you win the wild card game, you go into a five game series against someone, you roll Noel out, you get a W. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and like the playoff hunt, we talk about this all the time too. At the end of September, you have that five-game series against the Nationals that could that potentially could determine yeah. if you make the playoffs or if you have a home wild card game or an away wild card game because right. the Nationals are going to be in it. Like they are playing the way that we expected them to all season, all season right now. Sigh. So having a a playoff series before the playoffs actually start, one is going to be good for these guys, I think, yeah. and two. That's going to determine your season. That's a great point, though, Herm. I ha- that, they've been playing so bad, I haven't even envisioned that. Just the idea of having Drew Smiley in a playoff game. And the worst, just, the worst no, thing actually, is... I don't even hate Smiley the most. No, I hate... Other it's boys. probably like when Vargas gets rolled out. The worst, the worst part of this is that they're going to be a wild card team unless the Braves completely fall apart. Or they won't. You're throwing Aaron Nola out in the wild card game. And then you and have then a five-game series that you have to go play a couple right. days later, so you're going to have to save Nola until game three. I mean, at this point, you're just shooting the cortisone shot in the shoulder and elbow and just <laughs> exactly. rolling out Nola every day. <laughs> Didn't Corey Kluber do that a couple of years ago? He pitched like a lot. Probably, of, and that's probably why innings. he's on the DL yeah. right now, or the IL, whatever you want to call it now. I always get that messed oh, whatever. up. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, mind-boggling to think The other thing that was mind-boggling it. is they activate Jay Bruce off the IL the other day. I think it's hurt. And he's back, back on the on IL the again. And then you waste an option for Adam Hazley for one day. Yep. He drives And Hazley was kind of Hazley has been good. <laughs> he's since, been a great since part July, of this team. Yeah. He has been really, really good. Yeah, he should be our Defensively, s- offensively, he can play multiple positions. Yeah. 
He should be our center fielder next year. I mean, our center fielder right now. Well, you know what I mean, but I'm saying yeah, like for next year's roster. Definitely. Like when you're, like I, people, I don't know. There's a pretty big thing we haven't talked about, and I didn't get to talk to you about this live. Michael Franco. Yeah, we, we talked get him about back this up? on Wednesday. Don't bring it. No, dude, Kyle's sad about that. I know. I, I, am, I am intrigued because he's going to AAA, and Jason Ochart and the driveline guys are down there, so right. I could see potential for his swing to get fixed down there a bit, which I makes me happy. Um, I don't know when he's going to get called back up, if at all. Um, if it does happen, I'd assume it'd be for September call-ups and yeah. everything. 40 man. But, I mean, go fix his swing. Jason Ochart, do the thing. Just do it. Um, it's not just, that. Difficult. I mean, you're seeing what the Phillies prospects are doing in Double A right now. Alec Bohm is on fire. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I like that they haven't like panicked and rushed him up despite him. Yes destroying. and no. Like, I've been watching him tear up the. I would Richmond love to Flying see Squirrels. him called up right now and just see see what he can do. You That's know, like. True. I mean, it's baseball, man. There's, he's, there's a guy sitting standing sixty feet six inches away from you. He's gonna throw the ball as hard as he can at you. Let him try and hit it. He's tearing up Double A right now, and I don't think he has anything left to prove at the Double A level. Oh, I'm not saying like when the roster expands, I think she get a look. Uh, Absolutely. I, I was saying like, him, Spencer like, Howard. Like, I was saying like right now, I, like I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if they called him up now because what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, it's true. It sucks to get sent back down. You know, you need somebody in this lineup right now to give you some juice, and Alec Bohm is kind of the one prospect you have that has value and has a chance to be a franchise cornerstone with this team with Bryce Harper yeah. with Reese Hoskins it's uh, yeah it's definitely good to actually have a prospect like that I mean you kind of talked about how like we haven't developed pitchers that well and I just feel like as an organization the oh f- yeah player development the Phillies terrible. really in my lifetime haven't besides our infamous little besides, trio besides or, the core from 2008 that was the last time they developed yeah. a unit yeah. together of Cole Hamels, Utley, Rollins, Howard. And then like even And then you brought in the Victorinos, the Jason right. Worth. You had Pat Burrell here already from the previous from regime. <laughs> you you found Carlos Ruiz. Like that's the type of things that they have to do. And you have the core pieces right now of you bought Bryce Harper. You developed Reese Hoskins. You have Scott Kingery waiting to take over second base eventually. Shortstop right now is Gene Segura, but eventually you hope it's Bryson Stott. And then Alec Bohm is your third baseman of the future. Yeah. That should be your core, and then you fill in the other spots with guys like Andrew McCutcheon in free agency. Adam Hazley could develop into being your center fielder. Hmm. You have JT here, and you hope you extend him. Like, I'm just waiting on that to happen. Maybe in the offseason, obviously not now because we need every man on the roster, maybe we try trading Cesar if the price is right for a pitcher. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because eventually you're going to have to settle Scott Kingery into one position. Like, you can't keep moving him around like he's Ben Zobris because he's not Ben Zobris. Yeah, and he's locked up to a team-friendly contract, whereas in the next couple years isn't Cesar due for a a bigger, obviously rightfully so, a bigger payload. Free agent contract. Yeah, so you might as well offload him in a prospect or offload him in, like, Eflin, you know what I mean, in prospect Mm -hmm. for a controllable pitcher like Ray. Now, obviously, Dimebacks wouldn't do that because they have second baseman. But I'm just saying, I'm sure a team out there needs a second baseman yeah. who's under 30 and can hit for the average and can lead off a batting order. Yeah, they need to just start developing these minor league guys so that they are ready when guys eventually move on. Like, Andrew McCutcheon's not going to be here forever. No. You're going to need a left fielder. They should just bring Andrew McCutcheon as a bench coach. When he, when he retires, I would love that. I mean, he's such a smart baseball I mean, mind. He's, he's still young enough to, like, be here – 
through that contract, so like I'd be happy about that, but right. he's not going to be here forever like Bryce Harper is at 26. Like yeah. Andrew McCutcheon is in his 30s, so like you're going to have to eventually find your left fielder of the future. I hope Adam Hazley becomes either the left fielder or center fielder of the future because I think the kid can play. Well, it's yeah. finding those margins type of things that pay dividends for you and can stick. Like, sure, bringing in Jay Bruce was good, but he's also 30. He's yeah. 32. Corey maybe. Dickerson, 30. Corey Dickerson, 30, free agent after the year. Like, you have to find guys that work like a Victorino and before he was a, a knucklehead, Odubel Herrera was working for you. That was That's the type of stuff you have to be able to find is guys in the Rule 5 that work. You know, trading for, like, you know, we hate the Yankees, but look at the depth that those guys have. You know, they traded cash considerations for a guy like Gio Urshela, who is tearing up the league right now. Yeah. You need to be able to do that in order to be a successful team. Right. It's all stemmed from there. So, like, the player development of this organization needs to improve drastically this offseason alone. I mean... And for the future. For... Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's an issue that a lot of MLB teams are yep. having right now, though. Like, it's not just the Phillies. No, the this Brewers is happening are struggling across the, mm-hmm. the MLB. I mean, Cardinals, every uh, the Red Sox, the or, Red, Sox. Red Sox, everybody. It's big, big, big uh, market teams. Cubs are struggling with development mm-hmm. and keeping guys in their systems. We so. talked about this because Herm is a Red Sox fan. There's four guys that you guys brought up, and then the rest, you're kind of just struggling to find those positions right. to fill. I mean, for us, it's arms. It's the same ex- It's, it's the same, same conversation. We could have taken this entire conversation mm-hmm. we just had, taken all of the names out, taken any teams out, yeah. and had the same exact conversation exactly. about the Red Sox. And that is the major difference. You well, could have that yeah. discussion about almost any team. You yeah. look at the Cubs. All those teams I just named, the Cubs, Brewers, right. Cardinals, are all having arm problems. Exactly. And, I mean, I think a big part of it, too, is that guys' guys' arms aren't lasting, dude. Yeah. Guys And that comes from lasting. player development, too, is teaching these guys the proper way to make sure that they last the duration yeah. that you want them to. Right. Like, then, you can't yeah. just have guys come out and be flamethrowers and their arms be done in two, three so, years. Yeah, and I think it also... Like most, like most teams don't have either a complete pen or a complete rotation, mm-hmm. and that's a problem because they obviously you know like work off of each other. So if if your starters can't go six, seven innings or even five innings, then your bullpen guys are going to have to get outstretched, and then vice versa. If your starters can go six innings and your bullpen guys go and get lit up, then right, and that's why we're seeing the Dodgers have so much success. Exactly, right now. they can you look at their pitch bullpen till the day they die. Julio Urias would be like the number two three starter on the Phillies on the Red Sox on the Cubs like right. all these big he'd be the number one starter with the Brewers oh, yeah. all these big name clubs don't have the player development the Dodgers have and that's why you see them succeeding the way that, like Rich Hill can go down uh, Hinjin Ryu can go down and the Dodgers keep clicking without a beat like without missing a beat now yeah. you want to know a move that I would love to see the Phillies make bring back another hometown guy Devin Smelter go after him this offseason bring him in make a deal with the Twins Send the twins a bat from the send send the twins Mickey Moniac. Yes. For Devin Smelter. I would I would do it. Any day of the week. Hey, don't stop there. I mean we'll give him F one too. I mean I would, <laughs> just, just I would I would create some sort of package with the twins though. Because me personally I don't think the twins are gonna be like this next year. Like they're just having I mean, a historic season hitting wise. Yeah. 
get some sort of four-player package together and go get Jose Barrios. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. That Pair Barrios with Nola, mm-hmm. eventually Spencer Howard, and bring Garrett Cole here. That is a top four that brings you back to 2011 when the Phillies had the four aces. And that then, brings you back to 2008 when you're winning a World well, Series. Yes. Yeah. Four aces. You might as well just look at Cole Hamels, just wink at him, and he'll know. He'll Number come, five right he'll, there. He'll come back, too. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's the thing, too, when we talk about player development is – the draft picks that the Phillies have had when they were drafting at the top of the draft outside of Alec Bohm <laughs> and right now Bryson Stott have not panned out. Cornelius Randolph is a guy that was drafted four or five years ago who is still in double-A. I just had a fly fly in my face. So even, <laughs> that's why I freaked out. He doesn't even have uh, trade value at this He's point. in double-A. You know, Mickey Moniak was the number one overall pick in 2017. He's in double-A still. Like Talented. Very he's talented. talented. And he's, he's on the up and up right now. And it's no surprise that Jason Ochart has been in Reading the past couple of weeks. And right. you see Alec Bohm and Mickey Moniak mashing the ball right now. Right. But, you know, you want to see guys that you draft then. Make the team. At the major league <laughs> level now or next year. So, like, if they're not yeah. ready, you have to find a way to, you know, move. And that's the thing with the Phillies, too, is they have so many outfielders in uh, their organization. Crowded. Trade some of them for pitching yep. because you have no quality pitching prospects yeah. in this organization. We had a conversation a couple of years ago. They should have moved Dylan Cousins when he had when he had value years ago, and now he's going to Tampa Bay, and they're going to turn him into like a 30, 40 home run hitter because that's what the Tampa Bay Rays do. If this is the, I texted Dylan this last night. If the Houston Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays have interest in a player, you should always have interest in that player. Yes, I can get with that, especially if they're an arm. If you are mm-hmm. a pitcher and the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, they're my, like, they're like the Vanderbilt yeah. of pitching in the MLB. They're geniuses. They they are completely, they understand it. They have put the process together. They have done all of the work that has Same to be Same thing with the Houston Astros. Exactly. Yeah, if, the, if these guys want an arm, yeah. go get the freaking arm, Exactly. Like, you mentioned him earlier. You, you said Wade Miley. You were mistaken. But I was. He, he's, like, he's a guy who's been blah. Who's goes, a number goes, four starter with the Astros. Goes right. to the Astros and having a career year. And you look at... This offseason when we were preaching, like begging and pleading with Matt Klintak to go get Charlie Morton, who gets him? The Tampa Bay Rays, and look what Charlie Morton's doing at age um, 36. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Right he now. is disgusting. It's like top three right Thank now. Thank God right? he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, hopefully this Phillies team realizes. He's thirsty boy. Thirsty. Smartwater, not a sponsor of the podcast, but if you feel like it, come through. Um what to do, baby? We need we need the Phillies to just learn that player development is key, and not worrying about what Gabe Kapler saying after games in his press conference. It means nothing. Like people freaking out about that, just stop. How do you feel about Gabe? Do you think whether you like him or not, if they miss the playoffs, he gets canned? I would be yeah. annoyed if he does. That would piss me off. I don't think he got. I it's don't not think, his fault, right? I don't think he got the opportunity that he deserves, right? Like no. this is year two, and. I think it's the Quintax. injuries and the lack of realizing that this pitching staff was not as good as they thought is the big issue, and it's yeah. more on Matt Klintak, Andy McPhail, and John Middleton than it is on Gabe right. Kapler. Gabe Kapler can only handle so much. Right, I mean, like you're giving him the tools to work with, and if they're not the right tools, you're not going to have success. No, you, yeah, I agree. You want to know the truth about the MLB manager anymore? The MLB manager in 2019 or whatever year we're in, they don't do anything. They yeah. put out a lineup card. There's only so much they can do. An MLB manager wins you maybe five games a season right? and loses maybe. you maybe five. It's so 
it's almost as if they don't even have to be there. Yeah. And he's just a face to put a blame on. And mm-hmm. for well, him that's to... That's what coaches are in most sports. They're a scapegoat. Okay, but like... It's different in, in football where they're calling you don't, plays. You don't see Matt Klintak doing an interview after every single no. game. No, I know. I'm, and I'm, that's that's I'm my issue with, with it here because I think that a lot of this needs to come back to him. I think that we need to get reporters up in his freaking office mm-hmm. and say, what the hell are we doing, man? Exactly. And like when you talk to him after the trade deadline and he says, yeah, this is the pitching that we're rolling with, <laughs> LOL. that deflates any confidence that your fan base has in this team. I mean, Klintak and Dombrowski must be best friends because Dombrowski said the same thing. And I mean, my biggest thing too is like you look at Klintak, McPhail, and the guys that they brought. Like Andy McPhail has no business being in a front office in 2019. Yeah, He built... Like, their whole thing is, oh, he built the 91 Twins that went on to the World Series. It's 1991. Like, it is 2019 right now. Yeah, what does 91 have to do with 2019 baseball? Not a damn thing. It's changed so I need, much, I man. need Andy McPhail gone. Like, Yeah, I agree. And he is the guy that is, like, the wet paper towel <laughs> my paper that <laughs> gives you no substance. Like, he is the killjoy of this front office. Yeah. And is kind of the guy that's there to appease the older generation to divert them from the analytical standpoint of this game because and the people the yelling about analytics yell get out of my face generation? like you are literally an old man yelling at the sky because every single sport uses analytics if you're a Phillies fan and an Eagles fan Doug Peterson uses analytics more than any other coach well, in the NFL that, and you don't yeah. see people complaining about that baseball if any is the is the most math driven sport someone's mm. car is going off in the background people but yeah, baseball is the most math-driven, uh, math-driven sport in, easily in all of sports. So like people, <laughs> I don't get that narrative. It's ridiculous. I just brought up the question about Gabe because I was going to ask both of you about other people. Well, Herm's a big and, Gabe guy because no, he's yeah, a Red I, Sox. I completely support. And we hinted, it's not even that. I just support <laughs> Gabe Kapler. I think that he's he a good hasn't manager. Hasn't been given the opportunity that he deserves. Exactly. He's a great yeah. manager. And he's I was going to bring up guy. Clentac and Andy next. In my opinion, was going to be the same of yours. Whereas Gabe, I think, got the you know should he end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clentac and and like they should be you know looked at through a microscope because they did not do a good enough job. And I mean, yeah, they brought in Bryce Harper, which you know, honestly, we all love. Mm-hmm. And Andrew McCutcheon, people kind of bat an eyelash at that, and it was paying off hugely before Absolutely. he got hurt. But and you can't predict besides, injuries either. No, you can't predict that, so you can't you know slight them for the David Robertson signing. But you can slight them for the Tommy Hunter albatross contract, even though he got hurt. I, well, I the thing with Tommy was... Hunter, I was I was fine with that contract. The thing that you, the the issue there is that you invested in four bullpen guys that are over the age of thirty <laughs> with pitched. big money contracts. Tommy Hunter, Pat Neshek, Juan Nicasio, and David Robertson are making far too much money for their age and what they're able to bring to the table. Maybe outside of David Robertson. Like, I was totally okay with that contract because he's a guy that's never been hurt, and well, boom, yeah. he gets hurt. You can't right. predict that. Luckily, three of them will be gone next year. Yeah, I, I mean, all of them could potentially be gone because David Robertson, if he has to get Tommy John surgery, Might he's not going to pitch next year. Yeah. Uh, and his career could be over, unfortunately. Well, but, if he retires, yeah. But You know, that's the thing is, like, this team has no quality youth in the bullpen. Like, Adam Morgan being your best bullpen pitcher for a stretch of this season – should be a red flag. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. major red flag. Using starting pitchers from AAA in your bullpen is not a way to develop bullpen pitchers. And it's also not a way to develop them. If you exactly. want them to be starters, keep them on a starting exactly. routine in AAA. Bingo. Yeah. I would rather lose 20 more games a season but develop actual bullpen arms than hurt someone like, like a Cole Irving. 
bring him up, put him in the major bullpen, and then, after you brought him up already as a starter, as a starter, and take him out of that routine. That is how guys get hurt mm-hmm. too. You want a guy who goes from having a five-day routine that he does each and every week to a here's a one-inning stint, yep. take a day off. Here's two innings. That's why we're two seeing, innings. That's what we're seeing with Ranger Suarez right now. He can't get warmed up, right? Because I mean, he's used to being a starter. It. People can say what they want about bullpen pitchers, but to be a bullpen pitcher, you are a freaking it's a different mindset. Badass. You have to be able to get hot in what a bullpen is tight. You only have seventy feet to work with when a starter has ample amount of room mm-hmm. to be able to get their arm loose and you got to get hot quick man i mean you got to be out on the mound and you got to be warmed up in 20 pitches so honestly like taking a starter and putting him in that position is just dangerous and, and i was stupid i was watching the uh the youtube broadcast the other night for the giants and phillies game was it awful uh it wasn't that bad because they had actual Announcers? analysts and commentators oh, yeah. this time um, it was the one guy that does the uh, the Marlins and the World Baseball Classic. Oh, um, yeah. I can't think of his name, but he's awesome. Ben Davis was on there, and then they had one of the Giants analysts, so it was actual people. It wasn't YouTube people. Um, and, I mean, people complain about the YouTube broadcast. Like, you can get YouTube on your TV. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, they, they put up a graphic about the Phillies bullpen, and the projected 2019 bullpen, there is one guy that is not injured and out either for the season or indefinitely, and that's Hector Neres. Ooh. Mm. That's the only one. Mm. And, I mean, Hector Neres has been good this year. Yeah, I mean, like, he's all right. But What's to, the area? Like 2-5, 2-6? Something around there. Like, he's been – he's like, I, I thought he was an all-star snub, in right. my opinion. No, yeah, I thought so, too. And, I mean, for him to be the only guy that's healthy from the beginning of the season for your projected bullpen is an issue. It's not good. And, yeah. you, like we said, you can't predict injuries, but you also have to have guys ready to come up in case that are injuries. actual bullpen pitchers. Yeah. Like, Sir Anthony Dominguez getting hurt was brutal. That Adam hurts. Morgan getting hurt throughout the season has been brutal because he's one of your best left-handed relievers. Nicasio got hurt at a point, and he just has been off and on all season, and you pay him way too much money to be that. Yep. Um, You know, David Robertson getting hurt was brutal. Uh, Only pitched in, yeah. in seven games for you all year. Tommy Hunter not staying healthy was brutal because he was going to be one of your better bullpen pitchers. Tommy Hunter, more like Tommy John. <laughs> and Pat Neshek has just been brutal all season yeah. long. I, I, just, I don't like that man either. Yeah, Mr. Neshek I won't pitch. Is the He's garbage. a character. He's just a piece of garbage, honestly. I used to like Pat Neshek, too. I did, too. I, I really like When Pat he won Neshek. the World Baseball Classic, yeah. you know, he's a baseball card yeah, collector. Right. Like, that stuff's fun. I was, I was really hoping for the Phillies to trade for Zach Granke because when uh, Neshek was an all-star in 2017, he asked Granke for his autograph for one of his cards, and Granke said no. Really? So I was waiting for, like, that thing to well, happen. Zach Granke's a very interesting man. I sent you what he said to his mm-hmm. teammates. He just basically roasted all of them as, as he left. It was great. He's also, like, could like the most athletic person in the MLB. He could yeah. play every position on the field at the MLB. I mean, MLB when level. he was in the draft, he was listed as a shortstop, and that's right. what the Phillies were dra- going to draft him as. And then uh, the Royals ended up drafting him as a, pitcher, as a pitcher, but that's why he can hit so well. And when I hear people say Madison Bumgarner is the most athletic pitcher, like he is, but He's Zach Granke is great far hitter, better. But Zach Granke can swing it. With Granke's like, got like four or anybody. five home runs this year. Dude. Yeah. Granke could be a legit DH on some <laughs> Like he's an actual pinch hitter. Yeah. That's what he's going to do after he like blows out his arm. He's just going to become a DH. Hitter. Yeah. He's unreal. Um, Hall of Famer. But I mean, <laughs> what? He'll be the second Hall of Fame DH. He'll be an NLDH. 
<laughs> when dude, they eventually implement it. I'm so excited for that time period. I'm not. I am, dude. I mean, pitchers shouldn't I be love, hitting. I just love the strategy of NL baseball. Right. I love. I, I enjoy the mental side of it and strategy and putting it together. It's like playing Risk. But it's so great. At the that same time, friendships, it does. <laughs> but at the same time, I really hate it because pitchers shouldn't be hitting. There's no use in putting them in harm's way of letting them run the bases. Unless you're Zach Greinke, he should be right. able to hit. Okay, but beyond <laughs> the five athletic pitchers in the MLB who can actually swing it and no, run the bases well. No, the other ones well, can't at all. I know, it's amazing. They should not. I mean, let them take pitchers BP during the day, but beyond that, cut them off. <laughs> Great, great three o'clock hitters. I'm with Kyle. Like I like the way the you know the NL is, but at the same time, if it happens, I'm not gonna be that upset. I'm gonna be. It's gonna jumping up and happen. down. Um, when it happens, no, we'll I mean, see. it would help, like a lot of teams. Like honestly, if it happened to the Phillies, it would help because then you could put a certain guy in DH and go out and sign another free agent or call up a prospect and allowing another player to play on a regular basis. I mean, hell, when Bryce Harper's facing year nine of his yeah. contract that's what you're gonna want to do DH, with him. that is exactly what you'll want he, i was gonna say him or hoskins as a dh yeah i think hoskins will last a little bit reese long, is better a, reese is eventually gonna be a dh he'll be a dh and he'll be a very good dh yeah. but where i don't know we'll Phil- see philadelphia i mean do you want to have bryce and reese both as your DA. I mean, I guess they could take days on and off. They could be yeah, like, you can flip flop them. Yeah, I mean, they both they do it with they play. do it with Stanton and Judge. Well, I mean, New kind York. Of. The good thing is if Reese lasts another five ish, six years, so like thirty two ish at first base, you know, mm-hmm. that'll be another that many years in the Harper's contract. Right. And I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Yeah, I can go with that. I think the I think the DH conversion will happen in the next five years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one last little bit of news before we sign off and take a little lunch break because we are here at Staples in Millville until 5 o'clock, so come through, say hello. Um, Seoul, going to Arena Bowl tomorrow, Arena Bowl 32 hey. in Albany. Um, we did a, a podcast with them on Thursday. It went up today, so make sure you check that out with Darius Prince, uh, former Eagles training camp wide receiver, and uh, Adrian Ferns, fullback for the Seoul. So that'll be on ESPN2. Uh, tomorrow night, Sunday, 8 o'clock. So make sure you're tuning in for Seoul versus Albany Empire in Albany, which I think is really, really dumb. That the dumb. championship game is a home game for one of the teams. Um, so fix that arena football. Make it a neutral site. Make it, it a neutral site in Atlantic City. Put it in Atlantic City. I mean, think about it. How many people do you think are in Albany, New York right now? Like, 100, maybe? I mean, <laughs> the, the thing with Albany is, like, they had the best attendance in the league this year. Did they really? They did. They they were re- they're the number one seed um, because it's like, what else is there to do in Albany? I guess. So, uh, obviously, watch go watch you, Albany lacrosse, or in yeah. two weeks, come out to the PLL. Very true. So, if you're from Albany, hockey team up there, too. Though. There is the uh, Albany... At- I forget what they're called. Oh, yeah. No, there is. There, there's junior hockey there, too. Well, like, during yeah. this time of the year, what else is there to do? You That's go watch true. arena football because it's the one professional team that is located there. Yeah, put it in Atlantic City, though. So put it in Atlantic City, put it in right. D.C. or something like that where it's a neutral site and I think you're going to draw – it'll draw way more people in Atlantic City. Right, I mean, Atlantic because City, of people the location. are walking along that boardwalk. You throw up a sign that Arena Bowl 32 is happening Bingo that night, you're, you're selling out. Exactly. And, I'm, I mean, where do they play it's in It's at Boardwalk Hall. No, no, in, no, in oh, uh, Times Union Center. Is it like a big center? Is it yeah. as big as Boardwalk Hall? I mean, uh, I, I feel like Boardwalk Hall could – 
and it's it's, it's close enough where people from eyes. Philly will go there as well. People from right. all over Jersey You'll will go. You'll actually get soul fans there. I don't think there'll be people many soul from, fans people from at Delaware in Albany. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited. Times to be Union in Center holds seventeen thousand five hundred. That's not bad. I mean, that's probably how many people will show up. But still, I think you could draw more at Atlantic City, and I think that it's more of a central destination for and you're on the beach. Boardwalk Hall holds ten thousand five hundred. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow, I was very off there. However, I mean, I think that the central location of Atlantic City, having people come from both north and south, would be much better. Plus, you get the boardwalk, you get the beach, you get the casinos, you get the fanfare, you can get shot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's a good time to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, I mean. I just think Atlantic City would have been a much smarter idea. Yeah. I mean, it's a better marketing idea for the league who has been super, super in front of things, you know, with building this league back up. Whether Especially it's, around Atlantic City. Yeah. You have the sports betting aspect of things. You have the gambling in Atlantic City to pair it with. And it's for one of your brand new teams in the league with the Blackjacks to showcase their, you know, home stadium, have Arena Bowl there every year in my opinion because it's a destination city yeah but what about when Atlantic City's in the arena then you switch it up you have it at Wells Fargo Center Mm, I don't know how I feel about that I mean Wells Fargo Center next year is going to be completely renovated and look brand new so that's a way to showcase that as well that's true it's a yeah, they're going to have the 4K the 4K boards. board yep. all the seats are going to be gonna brand new. They're going to update the 6K boards now there's 6K cameras out. Shut up. Just scrap the 4K <laughs> board completely. You're going to have a whole brand new concourse at Wells Fargo yeah, Center this true. year. So I mean, that's definitely going to be I think a spot for Arena Bowl in the coming years, but this year it should have been in Atlantic City regardless. No, yeah, I agree with that completely, especially with the new team. It just makes too much sense. It's too much it's too easy. It's too smart. That's it's too issue. smart. Yep. But I think that's what we got for you guys. A little bit of a longer episode today here at Staples in Millville. Uh, as always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, powered by Staples in Millville and the Red and Gray Gridiron Group. We will be back in a little bit. We're going to take a little bit of a lunch break. Herm and I might do a little outside the box uh, live on the Facebooks maybe. Um But stay tuned. Come out to Staples. Get 20% off your school supplies this weekend for their block party. And uh, let them know Underground Sports Philadelphia sent you. But until next time, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 157. For Herm, for Dylan, I'm Kyle. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know where Arena Bowl should have been. uh, And just say Atlantic City because it's too smart. Um, And let us know who you think is going to make the Eagles roster as one of those final 53, uh, like Mark and Michelle. I'm making it? Yeah. And uh, leave it as a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, upgrade your phone. But if you can't and you have an Android or something like that, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on the Twitter.com at UndergroundPHI. We are 31 followers away from the big 2,000. And uh, as always, make sure you get our merch from our new apparel provider design tree at dsgntree.com get all your good stuff we got outside the box merch we've got underground sports philadelphia merch we've got new stuff coming so make sure you uh check out design tree and use promo code dsgn5 for five dollars off your first purchase at checkout but uh till next time we are signing off peace